0: his name is heston blumenthal he's one of the most inquisitive and creative chefs on the planet with a knowledge of food quite unlike anyone else and now heston is taking us on a journey to the center of our food deep inside ingredients and dishes we all recognize but to reveal the hidden secrets inside them and hopefully change how we view cooking and eating forever Hello, Heston. Good to see you. You're good.
1: I am fabulous, thank you, Jay. Oh, that's nice to hear. James and everyone listening. I hope you all are too. I Actually, that's really <laughs> fucking cheesy. Um, yeah, I'm, g- <laughs> I'm great. I'm great, thank you. I'm good. I'm very good. <laughs> I always find that when people say, how are you? If I, I was being really sort of pedantic, I'd say relative to what...
0: <laughs> apparently I was researching Denmark the other day for a, a show idea we're working on yeah. and in Denmark it's really they really really dislike it if you say hi hey, how you doing because they can't handle just saying yeah I'm fine they're like well if you want I will tell you but don't expect me just to say yes I'm good in response yeah it's it's, it's quite rude sir. hi Jay how are you feeling <laughs> I'm glad you asked Heston I've been <laughs> thinking about <laughs> also joining us uh is James our fat duck producer to keep us on the right side of facts Hello, James. How are you? Hello, <laughs> gentlemen. I am fine, thank you. How am I feeling? I'm feeling great. That's how easy it is, Heston. Just like that, you see? We're English. We're English. We can, <laughs> we can be completely insincere. I'm,
1: I'm, still, I'm still waiting to see if I, my application for the university uh, has come through to, for my degree in... Uh, uncomplicating things.
0: (laughs) Checks in the post. Uh, So (laughs) the idea of this podcast, every episode, what we do is we dive inside things that we all recognise but haven't had the Heston Blumenthal perspective on it and uh, to cast new light and new thoughts on it. So Heston, what are we exploring today? The wonderful world of tea. That's nice to hear. A lovely cup of tea. And I know, of anybody I know, you are the person who drinks the most tea of anyone I know. I don't know how many cups you drink a day, but when I was with you, it was a lot and you'd love it, don't you?
1: Yeah, I think I'd, I think I counted once, um, uh, but I was being constantly fed. I was actually filming an advert for Waitrose. And so there's, they're long days, but it's an awful lot of standing around for a very short period of time. So you'd, okay, you can break now, a minute later you start again so they assign you somebody and it's very luxurious you get somebody looking after you uh, and i just said could you i just um just give me some tea please whenever you're free you know if you're making tea i'll always have a cup of tea so these poly- polystyrene cups of tea kept flowing i think i think they said they made me over 30 cups
0: good lord really
1: <laughs> uh yeah i think i drink a bit less now but i do I, I love i do love my tea
0: you do and do you remember from uh childhood when you started drinking were you, were you one of these kids who starts very early or was there a moment when you began uh,
1: my earliest memories of tea probably uh, there, there, there were two picnics and being like, on an annual summer holiday in Cornwall on the beach there, so there would be a, like a, an ice box with sandwiches wrapped in tinfoil normally some like a ship paste or something sandwiches actually technically sandwiches with real sand in them <laughs> <laughs> which always happened when you, you try and eat on a windy beach and tea in a thermos flask with milk so you'd make the milky tea and put it in there I could, actually now as I'm talking I can remember that it was this that had a unique flavour it was tea that had been put in a plastic uh, covered thermos flask and sealed up which in itself is <laughs> is quite a unique thing it's its own thing but the, my first I'd say so sort of refined tea memory would be, I was, I was young, I was, it was pre-teenage years, I think. It was in London, and I'd, we'd gone to a Chinese restaurant with some friends of my parents. I don't remember what it was, but I remember two things about that. One was the big circular, lazy Susan, you know, that you spin round, as a kid, you just want to keep spinning it, about like a roulette wheel with food on. Um, and the other thing was jasmine tea. Drank loads of it. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. i never tasted anything like it before. Um, so I do, it, it, it does stem back to childhood, definitely.
0: What we're going to do here is we're going to delve into the depths of your mind a bit to push into the boundaries of, of all the different experiences you've had of, of tea along the way. Because mm-hmm. I remember I came to meet you at your, uh, your restaurant dinner in, uh, in Knightsbridge once and you had a, uh, one of the very wonderful front of house guys come out who's a tea sommelier. And he was specifically mm. there to make the most incredible cups of tea and he studied it religiously. I'd never encountered anything like this before and it sounds trite, but it was one of the very best cups of tea I've ever had in my life. Um, I, I didn't realise tea sommeliers were a thing.
1: That's a posh name for it, but tea experts. I mean, even even if you if you look at uh, brands like PG Tips, I probably went through a period of time where I sort of dismissed PG Tips as a, as a mass market tea. But in fact, I remember... We did some filming with uh, in one of their taste centers. Remember that?
0: I do, yeah. And
1: the guy had, I don't know, a couple of hundred cups of tea, and each cup had three cups with it. And there was a there was classic way of tasting you have the, 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 the sort of the benchmark, and then you taste two against that, and you had to match one of those two against the benchmark. But they were, he was tasting for consistency. So let's say somebody drinks PG tips, and that's the only tea they drink. And they have five cups a day. It soon mounts up over the weeks and months and years. So they become so finely tuned to their PG tips that if that blend changes a little bit, they're going to know. And might not be very happy because they, they buy it because they know what to expect. So this tea taster had to make sure that it, the PG tips tea, the tea that was coming in, was going to yield, produce exactly the same cup of tea for the consumer. I didn't realize that they had, they know where the tea plantations are and they know which tea leaves come from which plantation and the date that they harvest. So they would blend these teas and make them all taste the same. And I thought I could taste the difference between, imagine you've got A, B, and C, and B is the sort of, is your, what's the word, your anchor, and then you taste them against A and B. By the time I got three or four cups in and my palate was so confused and this guy could spot it a mile off it was incredible then we set up some other teas for him to taste and six eight ten other teas and one of them was a lapsang souchong which was it was a smoky tea and for me it tasted really strongly smoky but his palate It's a bit like probably like a Formula One car. You know, these engines are so finely tuned to do a specific job. But You try and take a Formula One car down to the local post office to post a letter. You are going to end up in hospital and probably cause a (laughs) (laughs) a car crash. So he was so finely tuned. So at all levels, you know, there is a a real complexity to tea growing, processing, uh, packaging and tea making. So when you talk about tea sommeliers, you know, Find very fine nuances and changes in things like temperature, time and temperature when you infuse the tea, the type of water that you put in the tea. And only if you keep on trying that do you actually start to realise there is a difference. So when you say a tea sommelier, it's just somebody that has had a lot of training
0: with tea. And it's remarkable as well how how expensive some teas can get. I know it sounds ignorant, but my majority of my tasting is, is sort of having normal tea in the home and then occasionally going for an mm. afternoon tea. But the idea that some of these teas are hundreds of pounds, I presume, is down to rarity of the tea leaves? It
1: is an age. So one of them that we had at D- Din and the Duck, we were talking about 1,500 pounds
0: a kilogram. Whoa! I didn't realise it was that much.
1: Yeah, 1970-odd harvest. Um, but these teas, you use a small amount and then you can re- so, so you you fill the teapot, you pour the water in. The temperature is quite important, and and the time of infusion is important. Then you pour it all out into your teacup. So you've just got the leaves left in the pot. Then, once you finish that cup, you then pour more water into the teapot. So, in that example, the the, the, the vintage seventies, it was a pu'er tea. P u actually I shouldn't even try to spell it. I think it's p u e r pu'er tea. Um, that you can do maybe 10 refills from this and they slightly change whereas if you do that with modern day tea you get a really stewed uh, a stewed tea and again coming back to the mass produced um, tea it's sort of fine tea is slow tea think about it that way whereas your regular mass produced tea is quick you don't have much time I want, I want it to be brewed as quickly as possible, and I, mem- I I remember talking to the guys at PG Tips. those tea bags, and the, tr- the t- even when they introduced the triangular tea bag, I just remember we tried to make a giant triangular tea bag. Do you remember? That was I a disaster. Well. <laughs> 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 oh my God! Moving swiftly on, that um, <laughs> folks, that didn't work. We tried. I can't. I, I mean, I I can't iron to save my life. Let let alone knit. And we tried to make this tea bag that was like one of those hanging mountain tents i mean all i remember it 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 didn't work but their tea bags all that design into a triangular tea bag was really with the main target of uh, getting maximum infusion with minimum time and i think they said most people they averaged it out at 18 seconds that's it whereas normally an infusion you're looking at three five six seven eight minutes so There is something about, and the lower, when you lower the temperature, some of the green teas, the really fine green teas, it's 60 degrees. I mean, you won't burn your fingers putting them into that water. But if you get it too hot, it gets really tannic and bitter. So there is a a quite big variation.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Because we, we group all under the same bracket of tea don't we but there is such a huge variety even in even in even between the ones that you have you know what, the time of day you have it as well i feel that like tea is one yeah. of those amazing drinks that can be it can wake you up but It can also help you sleep
1: yeah it can i mean some of that's got to do with the caffeine and just for the record there's a, there, I mean many people have said this i looked into it that there's more caffeine in tea than there is coffee well you can argue that in raw tea leaves before you make a cup yes possibly by the time you've roasted the coffee beans and ground them and brewed a cup of coffee and by the time you've actually processed the tea leaves and you've infused them in a cup of tea, it's way, way, way less caffeine in a cup of tea than in coffee. However, most normal teas have enough caffeine for some people that if you have them after I don't know four, five, six o'clock in a, a daytime, it's still enough to, you know, maybe make your going to sleep moments a little bit more problematic. So at the evening, you can have you just have the teas without low caffeine so things like red bush the rooibos tea or verbena or chamomile uh, these teas that but you just got to be careful that the tea leaves they mix them with don't have caffeine in them so you can have very i mean there's chinese teas that do um they've been using this for years the chinese chinese medicine incredibly powerful teas that can change your blood glucose levels they can affect your um (laughs) heavily affect your digestive system and your stomach yes uh and um um reduce inflammation i mean there's an awful lot of history of of medicinal teas made from roots and plant matter that you drink over a period of time to you know to cure remedies i mean it's incredible it is but it's got an incredibly rich history teas that are served up uh, to royalty there was a tea that we bought once from one tea company it had access to i think maltsy Tung's tea little tea um uh, estate which is like a walled garden and I think that if you didn't have permission to go into that garden, you could be shot dead. God it was Lord. it was <laughs> it was that precious. Just like P G tips. Um, just like <laughs> 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 yeah, just like PG tips, exactly. So and actually, you know, at one point I remember you and I filming, you remember this? We we did a we did a show on T V around tea and we were filming on the cutty sark because the cutty sark was the fastest seafaring ship in the world at one point and what was it purpo- was its purpose transporting tea it's a bit like uh, EasyJet and ryanair cheap airlines the more trips you can make the more profit you make yeah if you can only fly from i don't know london to 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 dublin once in a day instead of you can fly 10 times in a day you know you don't you you've got a big expensive airplane that's not been used so they, they, they this incredible engineering went into making this this um clipper that's why they call it clipper tea it's a type of boat that the angles of the hull were designed in such a way it was the most aerodynamic sailing boat that had ever been ever been constructed
0: and would that have been also it, would there have been any um kudos for having the freshest tea would that have been or was that not really a thing where it would have been the faster, the, the fresher, or was that not a consideration? Not necessarily.
1: Th- I think there were some teas that were considered valuable fresh, but it was really about accessing teas from exotic places in the world and actually transporting them as quickly as possible because you couldn't get, get there were no planes, you couldn't get a train across the, across the sea. So the Cutty Sark was just like a Formula One car designed to go long distance and bring tea back. It was so valuable. And around that, that period, Also, they started, the government started putting heavy taxes on tea. So what happened? When you put tax on something, things go underground. So then people were making, I suppose it's like people selling illegal drugs and then cutting them with other stuff. When that gets, oh, there's a a black market now. There's a black underground market for tea. So there were stories of people going down hedgerows and just basically sweeping up God knows what. Oh, Uh, yeah. Twigs, uh, sheep poo, anything, grinding it up and brewing it. And do you remember we we actually made a pot of hedgerow? It really was not very nice, <laughs> uh, and we tried to pass it off to some poor unsuspecting ladies in the shopping centre somewhere. You've
0: <laughs> an amazing memory you, for these things. Uh, completely Jay, I completely forgot. Blame that. that all on you, Jay. That was, in, that was sounds like one of my stupid ideas. Let's try and redo it and see if people will drink it. <laughs> <Very> clearly, they <laughs> will look. How was that? Because you're you're a huge <laughs> Earl Grey drinker. Aren't you? I've moved on. I've changed. We're
1: well, not moved on. I've changed. I love Earl Grey and bergamot. Yes, I love. But I also I I, I love now now. I don't think I have a favourite tea. I have. I just there's some moments I feel like a specific tea. Generally, if 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 I don't have a choice, I'll have a cup of tea. I drink. I tell you what now, I, I drink it much, much less with milk than I did before. So I'd say the majority of the time I'll have black tea. Um, I went from whole milk to semi-skimmed to skim milk. And that's a... Ah, there's an interesting thing. The argument about whether you put milk in the cup first or second. Do you put the tea in first or the milk in first? And for me, there's a very simple reason why I would put the milk in second you can go into all arguments about the shock of the temperature and on the proteins of the milk and this and that and the other but in fact if you put the milk in first when it cool the the general the the temperature of the water in your cup is going to be cooler than it coming out of the kettle or the, the vessel you heat the water with so you don't know how strong your tea is going to be and if it's already in a teapot, you don't know until they pour the tea in. If you want milk, some people like their tea really milky, and some people like hardly any milk in it. So if you put the milk in first, it's too late. You can't adjust. If you've got too much milk, what do you do? I mean, you can get another cup and then split the milk into two cups and then <laughs> try put and put the tea some bag more back tea in. in for a bit. But it it's makes more sense to me. Get your cup of t- black tea and then pour milk in to your liking.
0: Definitive. That is the. I mean, tea is an interesting one, isn't it? Because people get so partisan about how you make it, how you take it, which bags from where—Yorkshire tea versus Tetley yeah. and PG Tips—and all these various different things. It feels, it is still exceptionally deeply woven into our culture. Even though I'd say that on a day-by-day basis, coffee is probably drunk the same, if not more, in Britain. With what kind of
1: probably, although I think I think I think over the last ten years, if you look at if you look at the population of tea has rocketed. I think people have now got much more access to a wider range of teas than before and certainly if, if there's more people that become you know mindful of maybe what they think is going to be good for their health then you know there's some people think that if you drink too much coffee it's not so good other people don't and so. but generally there's less concern about drinking too much tea than there is about drinking too much coffee and if you only have to look at the incredible array of teas now it it's really hard to choose I mean you get Get confused in. I mean, you can go to the, to the supermarket even and have probably a hundred different tea options. Um, so it's, it's a it's it's a it's a massive market. But again, yeah, we've touched on this before. The ritualisation.
0: Yeah, it's of, the coming together of, of, as well. It it, it it there's yeah. something about the whole process of it that is. Yeah, Com- comforting is probably the word, and all all counts that tea is comforting.
1: Yes, it is, and and, and you see, and you've seen this in lots of sort of films and and soap operas, British-based ones, and yeah, you know, there's troubled times, sit down, love, have a cup of tea. <laughs> it's it's like a, a metaphor really for take this, and you're handing over this warm mug. Maybe that's changed to have a cup of coffee, but no, I, I still
0: offer it. it. If anything's kicking off, would you like a cup of tea? It's yeah. the, the balm that cures all ales, isn't it? It's incredible. It just...
1: Oh, oh put the kettle on, love.
0: <laughs> put the kettle on. <laughs> Come on, have a cup of tea. But you've... Uh, in terms of the Earl Grey flavouring, bergamot, you've... I know there's a number of dishes that you've used that in where you've taken those flavourings across. Is that right?
1: Well, we, yeah, well, we've we've done... I mean, we've used Earl Grey in quite a few things. There was still at the moment in, um, in dinner in London with the coffee, you get a little pot of it. It's a ganache, which is like a... Ganache is chocolate ganache is like a truffle center, so a soft truffled sort of chocolate moussey center, and that's Earl Grey tea. And you know, tea has a sort of, I think some of it comes from the polyphenols in it, but it has a sort of cleansing effect on the mouth. And that works so well with chocolate. Tea and chocolate are fabulous. Not just Earl Grey tea, many, many teas. Green tea, jasmine tea, Lapsan Souchon, Oolong, Assam, oh it goes it goes so well uh we've also made um oh god one of the one of the one of my sort of my list of of, of, of creations that i'd be proud of and one of the ones that's higher up the list is the hot and nice tea where the where the black tea actually is hot on one side and cold on the other so it's it's split vertically without a split and we use five five teas um five teas in that they finished certain sauces with teas i mean we use it it's a fun and iced tea also i love iced tea Ha! Like tea and cheese tea and cheese yes yeah, some cheeses with teas oh well if you don't drink wine or you don't want to have any alcohol or wine with and you want eat some cheese just play around with a with a black tea black tea and, and certain cheeses marriage made in heaven
0: oh, it's wonderful I've never have thought I'm that. But are we yeah.
1: talking hard cheeses here, or soft cheeses, or d- uh, all of them? But main, hard cheeses are the ones that spring to mind. Um, fabulous. Also, one of my one of my one of my first um, fat duck desserts was combined two teas. Actually, it was well, it was orange flower water, which was inspired by Earl Grey tea. So bergamot and orange flower water there's a connection there so there's orange flower water uh and jasmine crème brulee and i i haven't I've, I've just remembered that i might have to make one i have to make might have to make one of those soon uh, that's a what that's a that's a that's a wonderful combination you could put you know, even use it in a bit of tea in a mushroom soup um a bit of tea in well actually i remember do you remember you also oh we one day we have to have to sit down and chat, Jay. Some of the things, I'm going to say you made me do them, but I didn't exactly shake my head and, and tell you to get stuff. Do you remember we went deep sea fishing to find sea cucumber because we found an old recipe for a, a sea cucumber tea, a Victorian recipe. Yes. And you took me to some dive centre, which was an aquarium, but it was, it, was, it was an open, it was like a swimming pool with fake plastic coral in it and i put a wetsuit on and climbed over the glass wall which was about four or five foot high and you feel me and i'm underwater trying to grab this really floppy sea cucumber <laughs> it was about a foot long and then it went it just flops over my hand do you remember that
0: yes <laughs> oh, God, there's then... certain times where you you were very rare but there were occasional sense of humor failures on some of our uh more ridiculous i was just ideas. thinking i
1: can't believe i'm doing this and then we made a We made a sea cucumber tea and actually we turned that, we put that with other ingredients in one of the feasts. It was the fishy feast. Yeah. And we made a tea bag with dried sea cucumber and and I think quite a lot of other things in just to mask the dried sea (laughs) cucumber. But So I think in the past people have put lots of things in tea bag or in tea leaves to disguise them. When tea was so expensive and the taxes were so high and it was so prized, it only you know, it's, it's only understandable that it gives the opportunity for people to think, oh yeah, hang on a second, here's my kilo of tea, I can turn it into 10 kilos
0: by putting some of my dried goat's droppings in it. Do you remember the tea bag itself was uh, a, a mistake? It was, it was, be, it was used by a, a tea salesman, and he would just take his samples around in little bags, and I think like a mistake. Someone put it in the thing. And went, oh, that's a good idea. I'm sure the tea bag itself was some kind of pleasant accident. I remember watching those pyramid tea bags being made. Do you remember watching the machine that was making them, and it was making them so fast you couldn't, your eyes yeah. couldn't focus on them because each bag that was going yeah. past was being filled with tea, and twisted and cut hmm. in. I mean, it, was a, it was quite an incredible development that 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 that, that
1: triangular tea bag because they'd studded. You know the shape and stuff to try and maximise the, the the infusion system that was created using a triangular tea bag. In fact, I I have got a range of kitchen kit, electrical kitchen kit that I, I I've been involved in designing, and one of them that my fav, one of my favourites is a teapot, and it's a glass pot, and you put it on the base, and the base you can is, is the heating element. So it's like a cordless teapot sits on the base and on the base you can set, you've got pre-programmed temperatures and times for green tea, white tea, black tea, etc. But you can also customize it. So you can choose your temperature and then choose your time. Fill it with water and inside the teapot, there's a little pillar with a basket sitting on top of it. You take the lid off the basket, you fill the basket with the tea leaves, you put the lid back on, you pour the water and put the lid on, press start, And what it does, it brings the water up to the infusion temperature that you require. So let's say you want 80 degrees for four minutes. So it brings the water up to 80, has a bleep, the basket beautifully sort of lowers itself into the water for given infusion time, let's say it's four minutes. Then it comes back up again out of the tea and then bleeps to to, to, to tell you it's ready. Then you've got your pot of tea there. It's a wonder. Just, just watching the basket go up and down, even without the tea leaves in it, I, I was really pleased with.
0: But it sounds like it's you've invented. You, you've solved the problem of one of the, I think, one of the greatest inventions that never worked, which was the teas made, which is this brilliant idea of an alarm clock that made you tea in the morning uh, you're waiting uh, by your bed. But the trouble is, it was always stewed to death. And if you got... It was
1: always... Yeah, this has got a teas made thing in it, so you can, exactly, you can set the alarm and it's ready. But the, yeah, the teas made... I remember... I think my mum, used to remind me, my mum gave me their old one. It was on the bedroom, my bedroom floor. And it was a big, clumpy porcelain teapot and a metal kettle with a funny curved spout. Aye, and a it. big clock on the front. But what happens is before the alarm went off, the... <laughs> the amount of hissing, crackling, clunking, steaming, budging... Of thumping that went on, it was like twenty minutes. You're lying in bed awake, saying, "I now want my cup of tea." I could have just rather have got up and put the kettle on. Then it goes. <laughs> and by the time it all goes through, I think the infusion process had started about half an hour before, so it's completely stewed and then and then if that's not enough, the alarm is
0: the is the most intrusive. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a pretty yeah, a and he always made. gave them away as prizes on bullseye didn't they it was like quite an exotic item <laughs> yeah and <laughs> Bull's special prize the tea's made oh there was such i think i yeah. think i saw somewhere the other day that they have brought them back as quite a futuristic modern thing now but i, I loved the old my grandparents had it and it was sort of a thing of mystery because it made all that noise and i could hear it through the wall and I didn't yeah. quite understand why there was such an exotic thing next to their bed to make them tea. But I, I was fascinated with it. I think it's a, it, it shows the full range of tea that we experience from granny's beds through to the most expensive teas in the world. It is, it is something that's woven deeply into us, isn't it? Yeah. And, ah, before we finish this podcast,
1: lest we forget, for me, one of the most important um, nostalgic rituals I had with tea begins with a D ends in a G and it's gone unking unkin
0: in the middle of it and it should have the word wrong next to it as well because it completely ruins uh, two dunking experiences dunking
1: biscuits dunking biscuits we do uh, you remember we did some heart. we did some very groundbreaking scientific research into dunking and the benefits of dunking melts the chocolate just enough to then release enough fl- the flavour but we, ah, and we created the we had a tea dunking competition, which was the king of dunkers.
0: Oh yeah, didn't we do it in Market Harbour or somewhere because it was the most yeah, English town?
1: Yeah, we did. Town. We did. It was like a dunk off, two people dunking and at each dip. And I remember the the rich tea was a really interesting one because that went from okay to falling apart in very very quickly.
0: Which one won? Was it the was it the <sighs> Must have been the Hobnob, surely. I mean, that would have been
1: the hobnob came 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 close i think it might i think
0: it might have been a digestive i think that's I think why because you remember you did that you did that microspectrometer is that what it is the one where we x-rayed inside the digestive and you discovered that there was just a myriad of pathways of air that the teeth the tea could go within within the biscuit yes
1: it sucks them up and oh you know in australia so so any australians listening to this i i was lucky enough to try um, they've got a a, um, a chocolate biscuit that sort of looks a little bit like penguin but it isn't it's got a honeycomb character to it for me up it's called it's called the, the um tim tam uh, I've and heard they do is. them in different flavors that for me i'd give me a tim tam any day over a penguin but what they they after a couple of t- first couple of times I went to australia someone said to me have you done the tim tam slam oh,
0: God, the, what? the tim what tam, tam
1: slam tim tam slam yeah slam if you take a tim tam it's a rectangular this rectangular biscuit take it out of this packet and you just bite opposing corners off the biscuit then you put it in your cup of tea and you suck and you can suck the tea through the tim-tam biscuit it's oh. brilliant
0: does it come it's up brilliant. all right does it it comes it comes it
1: come through it comes through the biscuit yeah
0: well it does yeah. sound quite nice actually but do you know what they go doesn't it all melt then and just fall in your tea
1: no, maybe eventually it does, but then you can, you can, you can drink a, a decent amount of tea through it first.
0: That's another thing we need to be ordering from Australia. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, tea, quite- tea, and,
1: tea and biscuits. Tea and biscuits.
0: Tea and biscuits. Tea and there we yeah. are. Well, on that, if we haven't already forced anyone listening to go and get tea and biscuits, it sounds like now is the perfect time for a cup of tea. So, Heston, that, I'm afraid that's time up on our tea chat. I know there's loads more we could touch on in tea, but for now I felt like just a lovely warming thing to be discussing. I really appreciated that. That was that was great Me
1: fun. too. I'm going to go and put the kettle on. If I could shout through to the next room, <laughs> say, I love, can you put the kettle on? But I don't have anybody to put the kettle on, so...
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's go I'm, do it yourself. I'm going to
1: lovingly put the kettle on.
0: All that's left to say is thank you and goodbye, Heston.
1: Goodbye, James. Goodbye, Jay. And uh, thank you.